You're, You're listening, listening to, to Death, Death Metal, Metal Disco. Disco. followers and friends and stuff, which all of you are, probably. Uh, if you've listened to me once and you liked it, you're my friend. And if you listened to me once and didn't like it, that's fine too. Um, welcome back to the Death Metal Disco podcast. I'm James, your host. A podcast where I sit here and talk about whatever comes to mind usually. Um, I've become slightly more organized over the last... This is the third season, the end of the third season. I become a little more organized about it now, where now I have an outline uh, where I talk about generally things, uh, you know, points I want to hit as outlines are. And sorry, I'm trying to record this, and Loki, my cat, is sitting in front of me, and I'm petting her, and it's very distracting, and she's just adorable, and uh, there's just nothing any of us can do about it. It's the way it is right now. Good God, you're shitting a lot. Anyway... So welcome to the second to last episode of the third season of the Death Metal Disco. Uh, again, I'm James. Hope you're having a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful life. Like, in color and not black and white. Because God bless us, everyone. I don't know why I'm so fucking random. Anyway, uh, I'm here, and I'm here for you. And thank you for listening. Thank you for checking it out. Um, so this episode... Uh, this episode is something that probably should have happened a long time ago and just didn't because uh, I, I didn't get around to uh, watching the movie that I'm going to talk about until just recently, just this last week. And uh, it's right before the end of the year, 2023. And I've been home and I didn't take any PTO for the end of the year. I used basically all my time except for a few hours, but... It's been slow, um, but I haven't been traveling. I've been home, hanging out with the cat, who is still just staring at me. My heater just kicked on, and I'm sorry if that comes through at all. The movie that I finally made at a point to get around to watching uh, is by somebody everybody's probably heard of, especially if you're listening to this, and everybody's probably seen one or two, if not all, of his independent movies, the ones that he wrote and directed himself. Um, and probably even some of his, his bigger budget uh, flicks, which may or may not be for better or worse. Known for his comedic, usually over-the-top dialogue, uh, and a lot, a lot, a lot of dialogue, uh, Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith, um, I, I don't know, he's in his mid-50s now. Uh, he, the first movie I think I saw from him was probably Mallrats. I think I saw that before I saw Clerks. Um, but he's known for his comedic dialogue and he's known for his independent movies being usually really good and his bigger budget movies, uh, maybe not so much, um, looking at you cop out, uh, which I don't know if he wrote it, uh, but he directed it. Uh, but then he's got, you know, some cameos and some big movies and some input on other movies. He's a huge star Wars fan. Everybody knows that he's, you know, he's smart he does a lot of shit. He's got a huge dedicated fan base. Um, 
but like I said, he's he's pretty hit or miss on his movies. Um, his independent ones usually pretty well received, at least amongst his his followers, his fans, his dedicated fans. Um, even even amongst his dedicated fans, though, sometimes they're a little bit hit or miss, depending on but depending on what uh, which one it is. But the movie I'm talking about is uh, Clerks Three. I finally got around to watching Clerks Three. But I'm going to take it back to 1994, all the way back to 1994, the OG, the black and white original independent Kevin Smith film that anybody who has ever worked a job um, in retail of any shape or form, or if you were fortunate enough to do that and also work a video store, uh, which, you know, I worked at. King Subers for 10 years and I did both of those things. They had the video department and the customer service desk and the video department worked hand in hand and uh, it was a conglomeration of stupidity and I always thought it would be cool to, not really cool, but I thought it would be interesting to write a movie or a TV show about uh, that scenario, that situation, what it's like to deal on the day-to-day with the customers um well kevin smith did just that he had he had the job there at the quick stop and next to it was the video store and he wrote about his his time there and the movie being in black and white saves you especially back in 1994 saved you probably a shit ton of money and uh you know had kind of a cool aesthetic to it and being a first first film for somebody, especially on film, this was before the digital age, uh, had a nice touch to it, especially when you show it to younger people now. People that complain about their shitty-ass grocery store job or gas station job or what have you. So Clerks came out in 1994, did like the uh, film festival circuits, was hugely well-received. I didn't see it probably until... Uh, 97, maybe 97 or 98. I was, I mean, I was only 17 at the time, 17 or 18 when I finally got around to seeing it. And at that point, I'd been working at the grocery store for um, three, a couple of years. I started in 96, so a year and a half, two years uh, by the time I got around to seeing Clerks. Um, what I like about Clerks is just the writing, the dialogue. The acting not is not great because, you know, none of them were actually actor actors at least to my knowledge none of them had done anything of note um and all of them were kevin smith's friends which is awesome so if you're gonna make a movie you want to save some money obviously independent you're trying to keep it low budget uh i never did look up the actual numbers that he spent on that movie to make it but you want to you want to hire people that you know you want to work with people that you know and hope that everything goes well and i think they did a great job the dialogue is obviously insane and you you listen to it and you're like there's no way that these conversations actually happened did they happen verbatim the way that they're portrayed in clerks 94 probably not uh you know you get a little creative license when you write stuff everybody is known to take some creative license when it comes to the retelling of stories uh myself included that's why you're listening to this fucking podcast but you know those conversations the general topic happened 37 every if you ever hear anybody yelling 37 it's from clerks go fucking watch clerks if you haven't seen it uh but those conversations especially in the downtime when you're not standing in front of a customer 
absolutely you are having the most ridiculous and dumb conversations ever, but also the most poignant and uh, growth-developing conversations, if you will. Almost every single scenario, as far as customer interaction, from Clerks 94 happened when I worked at the grocery store up until the point that I had seen that movie even, and I'd only been there for two years maybe. And it's like watching Office Space. Anybody who's had a job in an office or really kind of any job where you have kind of a corporate structure, Office Space is insanely relatable. Office Space and Clerks, th those jobs, <laughs> everybody everybody with a job who's not self-employed um, or who's ever had a job before they were self-employed should watch those. It should be like mandatory viewing for comedic relief based on the reality of life that you've probably lived. Uh, I, that's my, my viewpoint on that. But Clerks came out in 94. Uh, great, great fucking movie. The dialogue is hilarious. There's an insane amount of dialogue. Being low budget, it's not like they had huge action sequences. They probably spent, probably spent a few, the, most of their time was probably spent on the hockey on the roof scene just because they had to get some different can camera angles. You know, cameras back in the 90s, the early 90s, especially big film cameras, probably took a little bit of effort to get up on that roof safely without dropping it, and I'm sure those bitches are expensive. So, uh, yeah, that's where the time went, because I think he shot that movie in, like, maybe a month, something like that. I don't remember exactly. But anyway, Clerks. Go see the original Clerks if you haven't. I mean, if by go see it, I mean stream it somewhere because it's easy to do. Fast forward to 2006 when Clerks 2, the sequel, Clerks 2, Electric Boogaloo, comes out. 2006. When there's that much time between the original and a sequel, I always get a little bit leery of how good it's going to be compared to the first sequels generally. You know, they don't they don't do well. Anybody who ever whoever has conversations about movies, is the sequel ever as good or better than the original? Than the first in, in whatever the series is. It, you know, you'll get the people, well, Empire Strikes Back is obviously better than uh, A New Hope. Well, yeah, it is. But not always. And usually it's not the case where the sequel is better or even as good. But Clerks 2 came out in 2006 and was color had uh, quite a big cast, including the original the original cast. And by quite a big cast, I mean, really, it had uh, Rosario Dawson. She was the, the big name added to it. She wasn't the only big name added to it, but she was probably the big name that was not already a part of the Kevin Smith universe, because by this point, he'd done several movies, um, you know, Ben Affleck and stuff. Ben Affleck was in Chasing Amy. Uh, he was in Mallrats. Actually, was he in Mallrats? I can't fucking remember if he was in Mallrats, but he was in Chasing Amy. He was the lead in Chasing Amy. And, you know, that was an independent. And that was before uh, he was hugely famous. Um, I forgot to look it up. I think that might have actually come out or he might have been in that before him and Matt Damon did Good Will Hunting. And or right around the same time, at least. So he, it's not like he'd won any Oscars or anything when that one came out. Um, Chasing Amy is a great movie if you can if you can handle the dialogue, because that is. That is all dialogue. Um, great drama. Pretty good humor. Um, huge character study of relationships. But anyway, we're not talking about Chasing Amy. We're talking about Clerks 2. Uh, Clerks 2 did not disappoint. I thought it was 
funnier than the original Clerks. It was uh, in color, which which was nice. It was it was even more. It spread its wings a little bit more, and instead of focusing so much on the grocery store because you know the convenience store went up in flames in the opening scene, uh, you know they moved into uh, fast food movies, uh, McDonald's basically, and I've never had a fast food job or a restaurant job. And that's fine with me. That's perfect. Fat enough as it is. Don't need to have super easy access to shitty food. Um, but I imagine that if I had a fast food job at some point, the reality of those encounters would probably be just as accurate. Uh, what I loved about it was was just, <laughs> again, the conversations whether or not they were embellished from the real conversations that happened, because you write what you know, and Kevin Smith writes what he knows. Um, he writes dialogue insanely well, and if you ever... I've never gone to one of his little stand-up things where he just goes... It's not even a stand-up comedy thing. He goes and just talks, and just... It's like an hour with Kevin... Or an evening with Kevin Smith or something, whatever it was called... Um, I want to do, I just never did. The dude can talk and he can ramble. And I imagine it's usually intelligent rambling better than my rambling. Uh, I just, I just never made it happen, but the guy writes what he knows and he writes it well. And he tells those stories. Well, um, the Lord of the Rings summarization from fucking clerks Two is one of the funniest things to me ever. I just, I like Lord of the Rings, but holy fucking shit. Fucking Randall's summarization of just three movies of walking is essentially the way I look at those movies in the broad scope. I like the movies. I'll, you know, I've seen all three of them probably twice, maybe three times. I got a lot of friends who are huge fans of them. And they will watch that trilogy, you know, every year, especially at Christmas, because maybe they're not working so much. Um, I I can't bring myself to do that. Do I like the movies? Absolutely. They're great. They're very well done. I love the stories, read the books. Um, but I just don't have that kind of dedication. And Randall's just, you know, even the fucking trees walked. That <laughs> That is so fucking spot on for my kind of uh, debate on the Lord of the Rings. Uh, but yeah, Clerks 2 was fucking great. Kinky Kelly and the Sexy Stud, the donkey show. Absolutely horrifying and disturbing, but hilarious at the same time. What I really liked about Clerks 2 is it's not just the humor. It's, you know, a heartfelt story of the friendship between Dante and Randall, the two main characters from the original Clerks. They're the the... Co-workers who I, you never really find out if they were friends before they got the jobs together or if they became friends after working at the store and the video store um, and then moved over to the fast food place. But they've been together in each other's lives for years at this point. And it's a heartfelt story of their friendship and what happens in a friendship when, you know, one gets a little bit of envy built up in them because the other one is... Uh, seemingly getting their life together. They're going to get married and then they're going to move and 
all this other shit. And the other one's feeling a little left behind. And then there's a little bit of that. Uh, I don't know if I want to call it codependency, but attachment to them. And that, hey, I'm losing my best friend because they're going to go start a new life somewhere else. And the way he touched on all of that, I thought was just really, really, really well done. And Clerks 2, you know, it's, it's a funny, funny, funny movie. Still a Kevin Smith movie. Very, very much a Kevin Smith movie. But then you get this, you know, real aspect of it where it's not just about the humor. And that's something that Clerks didn't really have. Uh, Clerks 2 brought it brought it around and brought it in. And I thought he did just an excellent, an excellent job with it. And these guys, you know, Kevin Smith is roughly 10 years older than me, 8 or 10 years older than me. Um, so when that came out in 2006, I was 26. But at this point, these guys are a little bit older. So they... You know, they, they're having more of their midlife crisis, but they're like, what the fuck am I doing with my existence type of vibes? You know, they've been working at that fucking quick stop forever. And then it goes up in flames. What do they do? They go get jobs at the movies. And now their lives are like, we are fucking however old we are. And we are fucking working at a burger joint. Um, and not even like a burger burger joint, a fucking McDonald's. So for me, even when that came out and I was 26 or 27, when I got around to seeing it, I'm like, oh shit, semi-relatable at that point in time. Um, I think I might've seen it in 2007. Uh, I just started in dispatch and I was working for 911. So that was, you know, better than working at the grocery store, making more money, kind of more of a, I don't know, a feeling of giving back to the world, a job with purpose type of thing. So I felt kind of like, oh yeah, at least I have that part of my life together. But that's the thing I like about Clerks and Clerks 2 is, at least for me, relatable. Uh, whether it's just the customer interaction bullshit or it is the the friendship stuff or it's the this is where I'm at in my life and it's not good or I'm better than that particular side of that part of my life at the moment the fact that they come up, um, I think is what hits home for a lot of people. So I don't know. Well done. Kevin Smith on clerks too. I, I really think that you kind of hit all the check boxes with that one. Um, still funny as fuck. I quote that movie a lot. I Rosaria Dawson's. I just, I just love her. I think she's, I think she's great actress and she's very pretty. She's talented. Um, not that those two have anything to do with each other, but I just think she's she's cool. And I don't think I've ever seen her in a movie that I didn't like her in just as a, an actress. Um, yeah. Good job. Uh, and it's fun. Like they had the whole uh, the Jackson 5 kind of sing-along dance montage in Clerks 2, which I thought was great. Unexpected and great. Um, and the story with like Jason Mewes is Jay silent Bob duo and how they're not, they don't smoke weed anymore. Uh, and that they found the Lord. <laughs> like that was actually pretty funny because at that point, Jason Mews had gotten in trouble for drugs. And so that was kind of a real thing for his life. Like he wasn't, he wasn't doing drugs anymore. And just the fact that he can play 
himself essentially so well uh or a caricature thereof i just i just think they did a good job with clerks too um so now we move on to clerks 3 which i finally got around to watching um just this past week and for some odd reason i had it in my head and i don't know somebody had probably told me that they watched it when it first came out and they didn't care for it and um for me that sucked and then maybe it's because of when the jay and silent bob reboot came out um that one wasn't good uh it wasn't i don't want to say it was terrible it just wasn't good it was kind of exactly what i thought it was going to be which was the original jay and silent bob uh strike back um but just not good because the original Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, which was just stupid uh, when you when you go back and watch it. Stupid but fucking stupid funny because that's what Kevin Smith is very capable of doing and does usually pretty well. Uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back was fucking hilarious when I saw it when it came out in, I think, 2001 or 2002. Uh, it had stuff that I quote to this day. I call Chris and Jamie the hetero life mate twins because... That's what Jay called uh, Silent Bob in Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Um, he, he used the word hetero life mate, and that stuck with me. So that came out in 2022. I didn't look and see when in 2022 that it came out, but I didn't, I didn't watch it until just this past week. I mentioned it that Kevin Smith, I think, to me, Kevin Smith's best movies are when he writes what he knows based on life experiences. Now... I don't know in the bit I'll mention some possible exceptions because I don't know if like Zach and Mary make a porno is something that was part of his uh, life experience per se. But um, but I th- that I think I think when you look at like the Clerks movies and Mallrats chasing Amy, those those are those are movies that are pretty personal to him. Um, and I don't know how much Mallrats was was uh, stuff that he experienced so much versus just, you know, things he saw. So more observational than anything, which is totally fine because that counts as life experience. Um, but like Chasing Amy, like I've read that that was that was a real thing in his life. Uh, I don't know how true it is, but um, but I think those are those are his best movies is. When he when he makes a movie based on stuff that was real, so I will say that Clerks Three. I went in and because I probably had it in my head that it wasn't very good, but Chris finally convinced me to watch it because he said, "Dude, you, I can't believe you haven't watched it. I've been telling you to watch it this whole time," and I thought he was the one that told me it wasn't very good, which is why I just didn't bother. Um, but he said, "No, man, you got to watch it because I've been wanting to talk to you about it." And I probably should have just said, hey, you should be on this podcast so we could talk about it. Uh, but I forgot. So I suck. Sorry, Chris, if you listen to this, which you probably don't. I didn't expect a whole lot of it because of that. So I will say it's uh, not nearly as funny as Clerks or Clerks 2. It definitely has more of that heartfelt thing going throughout. So if you don't know, and even just showing it in the trailer, they show it, but uh, Clerks 3 is based on the premise that Randall's character, who ultimately is, I'm pretty sure just Kevin Smith, um, 
has a heart attack and the heart attack kevin smith actually had a heart attack a few years ago put his life in perspective he became a vegan lost a bunch of weight you know uh, i follow him on on instagram and probably twitter and all that shit or x or whatever the hell it's called um he a, a heart attack especially the the uh the widowmaker heart attack which i want to say is like the left ventricular tachycardia heart attack uh that's the widowmaker um the biggest section of the heart that one kills so many of its people that it hits and he survived it so even on his social media before he made the movie he was talking about how fortunate he was and how grateful for life and all this other stuff you know that you have this quote-unquote near-death experience and now life has new meaning um meaning for you now in the world of kevin smith versus the randall character kevin smith is established in his life he's a world-renowned filmmaker um his daughter has been in movies for better or worse i don't think she's a very good actress at all but you know she's still young so whatever but you know he's he's not still working at a uh grocery store or anything like that like he's doing better than the grocery store life even though randall and dante own the quick stop um but for dante or for randall when he has the heart attack he gets this new meaning new purpose the you know nothing new in the storyline there when somebody almost dies and oh my god now i feel called to do something that is nothing new nothing nothing groundbreaking there but told from the kevin smith perspective he decided to make it about his heart attack and instead of making it uh what am i going to do with my life now as kevin smith it's i'm going to make a movie and he basically makes clerks 3 about the making of the clerks universe and you know it starts out with making clerks but like some of the scenes and stuff they talk about when he's writing the script and they're shooting the, the different scenes in the in the quick stop um, and even the the movies, they they include Clerks and Clerks 2, so like The Donkey Show. Um, those are all things that he's he's making one big movie, but it's he's got so many stories that he wants to include in this movie of his life. Randall's, Randall's like, I got to make a movie about all these things that we've seen and done. You know, I got to document this. People need to know that this happened and that I was here for it. And the whole point of it is that now Dante who's his best friend and has been working alongside him for all these years is feeling left behind. So, you know, 1994, the first clerks comes out to 2022 clerks three comes out. So theoretically 30 something years together that they've been working and uh, now they're going to make a movie about it. And this concept of making a movie about your life and things that have happened therein is something that I have actually fancied many, many, many times, like from the grocery store days to when I was working in dispatch, I think, you know, they made that TV show, uh, I think it's just called supermarket. I never did see any of it, but it's a comedy. It's a sitcom. And the commercials I saw actually looked pretty funny. You know, it's like day to day life working in the grocery store. And it's a big, not even like a, you know, like a regular King supers or Kroger, but like, Costco or Sam's Club, from what I could tell, you know, one of the big, big uh, bulk 
warehouse style stores. But I always thought it would be kind of cool to make one like that. Or especially in Dispatch. You know, they have the serious TV shows like 911 and uh, Emergency and all that shit where, hey, you know, 911 operations are no joke. But as somebody who did that for 10 years, uh, when we're not actually on the phone or dealing with shit on the radios, it is a lot of downtime. And we are talking to each other about all all of the absurd shit that you can possibly imagine. Because when you work that many hours and you have to rely on that many people and you have that many traumatic experiences with each other that are shared just between, you know, so many people. Like, say, for example, the theater shooting. So many people took calls about what was going down or looking for family members or whatever. Uh a handful of people were on the radios for all that, listening to the to the traffic. Everybody's being traumatized in some way, shape, or form to some degree from this same singular event. And that is a everyday occurrence, maybe not to that degree, but everyday occurrence. And I think if if people saw how we decompress after those things, um, you know, like when I first started and first we first got out of training, um, I ended up being on graveyard shift and it was me and one of the girls from my training class and one of the guys who'd been there for, I think, six months before me and one of the girls who was there for, for maybe, maybe it was about a year before me and then a girl who was there six months before me. But there was like the four of us and we were all on night shift and we were just phones. Uh, phones and then like services is what we called it where we called for toes and we basically answer the phones and then also were intermediates between the primary police radio stuff and the regular phones um but we when we were just on phones together and the phones weren't ringing we were playing texas hold'em and we were talking mad shit about whatever like half the time we were watching movies we were playing texas hold'em uh, we could have the TVs on, and usually if we found a movie we'd all agree on, then we'd watch it or, you know, some sort of show or whatever. We couldn't watch it with sound, but we had closed captioning. Um, and then if the phones rang, then we would take turns answering the phones, or if the phones blew up, then we would just turn around and we would all answer the phones because that was our job. But what people don't realize is all the stuff that, that dispatchers and 911 operators are doing when they're not talking to you on the phone or the radio. And I always thought it would be really, really cool not even cool, just really fun to make a not-so-serious show or a movie about people that do that job. Um, and not make the job the focus of it, but like kind of like Clerks. But it's like, hey, this is this is where we're at. Like, you're interrupting me. I just... The very, one of the very first times I decided to eat when I was training on the police channel in dispatch. Um, I think I was maybe on my own. I can't remember if I was in training or if I just got on my own and I was working the radio by myself and I had just come back from lunch. I ran to subway, got grabbed a sandwich, brought it back, sat down and I was going to attempt to eat while working the radio channel, which the radio channel, for those of you who don't know, is you either get the calls that, you know, the call takers. So at our, our center, um, the call takers, they take the calls, put them into the system. And then if it goes to, depending on where it's geographically located, 
either my channel or somebody else's channel, and then they dispatch that out. Or officers are calling stuff out on the radio, and you're dealing with that as it comes in. Um, I was working nights and brought the sandwich back and took this stupidly huge bite of this fucking sandwich from Subway. And the moment I did that, officers who were not even on an incident, weren't on a call, started yelling and screaming that they were in a foot chase. And so I just remember spitting out the huge bite I took into the trash can and I threw the sandwich away. Didn't even eat it, just threw it away. And I can see that being a funny scene in some sort of show, movie, whatever. Everything worked out okay. Uh, We got it all handled. But I'm just like, you know, take the bite. I took like two more chews and then shit hit the fan, spit it all out, threw the sandwich away. Said, fuck it all together. Called it a day. And I always thought that would be kind of fun to write something about just being in the dispatch center on a day to day. Because it's it's not all serious all the time, especially between calls, because I could be taking a call about, uh, you know, something heinous and something bad, you know, especially on day shift. You get a lot of bullshit calls where, you know, 30 years ago, somebody's teacher touched them inappropriately. And now you got to get them to the right place so they can make a report and go from there. That's no fun. But the moment I hang up the phone, I'm back to talking to my coworkers about who they just, you know, had a hookup with over the weekend or what have you. So it's something that, you know, I think would be kind of eye opening for people. And if you put it into comedic perspective, you get that creative license. So any, uh, any coincidental interplay with reality is just that purely coincidence. But I think it would be fan be fun to do. Um, fuck, that was a huge tangent. I apologize. Um, so back to writing what you know again. I think that would be fun. So Clerks Three, um, he has the heart attack. He's making the movie. He starts to make the movie of Clerks, and I don't even remember what they called it. I should have wrote it down. Uh, but they they were calling it like an, an inconvenienced or something like that is what they were calling it but working titles for what eventually would become clerks. Uh, but it was just, it was really, I think it was funny because some of the, some of the humor, some of the jokes that they had were callbacks to the original two, the first two movies, most of which came from the first one. Um, even some of the characters that they brought back. So Dante's, uh, Dante's girlfriend from the first one who had like given blowjobs to 36 guys before him, um, which is where the whole 37 thing came from. She came back. Um, and that became a whole thing because not only was she upset that she was getting, getting portrayed in this movie with the whole 37 thing, which I'm guessing probably really happened when, when the movie was originally made, but then they showed like the emotional, the emotional aspect of that person's reality at the time, like their life was a fucking shit show. Things were bad for them. And then they find out that somebody's making a movie and is going to actually call them out for, Hey, I gave 36 guys blowjobs before you 37. And they show that. And I thought that was a nice touch. Um, 
but a lot of the jokes, they're not recycled jokes. It's not like if you go and see the original Rush Hour and then see Rush Hour 2 and 3 and they just switch up who's saying the jokes, which was the dumbest shit ever. Um, they actually just reference the stuff from the, the first clerks and the second clerks. And they do it in a way that if you haven't seen those, uh, it might be lost on you. So unlike some sequels, like you can see Clerks 2 without seeing the original Clerks and you'll be fine. You don't need to see the original Clerks. It helps. You get some background to the characters, but you don't need to. It stands on its own. You don't need to see any of the other Kevin Smith movies to really get most of the humor in it. I mean, if you have, then it makes a lot of it will make more sense. But really, if you've if you haven't seen the first clerks or the second clerks or, you know, both of them, some of that humor. In fact, a lot of that humor is probably going to be lost on you. And there's not a, an absolute ton of humor in this one. This one is definitely more of the the serious friendship as friendship friendship aspect um, than anything. And that's something that I actually really, really liked about it. Was it less funny than the first one? Yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, just wasn't as funny as 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 Clerks and Clerks 2. I didn't think it would be, especially because I knew it was about his heart attack. But it, but it was still really good. Um, a lot of people trashed on it because probably they expected it to be funny and they thought it would be new. Um, they probably expected a whole new thing, like a whole different donkey show or whatever. Um, but I think because of all those callbacks to the other movies, maybe they were just put off by that. Uh, but I, I personally, I thought it was great. Is it my favorite? No. Um, but it was good. Do you need to see the first two? No, but it helps. Um, if you see the first two and then maybe the original Jane Silent Bob strike back, definitely. Cause they do make some references there. Uh, Ethan, uh, fuck. I can't remember his name. He's big, used to be a big old fat guy. Uh, he was the guy who couldn't see the sailboat in Mallrats. He was in it. I'm kind of surprised they didn't manage to get Jason Lee. I have no idea what Jason Lee's up to these days, but he was the lead in Mallrats. Um, he wasn't in this one. That was that was the one surprise I had is he wasn't in this one. They had some other, some other big cameos. Rosario Dawson came back um, as her character from Clerks 2. Um, that was kind of a sad, touching touching thing with hers. Uh, I won't get into that. You have to just watch the movie, but I don't think they referenced chasing Amy at all. I can't remember. I should probably watch it again. I will say if you're a fan of clerks and clerks Two, and you haven't seen clerks three yet, just don't expect it to be like clerks and clerks Two. It's got points that are just like that. The humor is very much like clerks and clerks Two because Kevin Smith humor is generally the same. Um, and most of the jokes are callbacks to the original two. But again, it, it doesn't, it's not so much a focus on the humor. It's a focus on the, the friendships, the friendship dynamic between Dante and Randall. Um, if you thought that was a good, a good thing for the last, the last act, act three of Clerks 2, they basically amplified that in Clerks 3 and made that more of the focus in clerks three. Um, and it was, it was definitely more emotional and relatable because like a lot of the time when I say relatable, it's because to me, a character, not just an experience, but a character 
in a movie or a TV show is relatable to me um, for various reasons. Sometimes it's a blend of characters. Like you watch Friends. Um, Friends to me is eh, semi-funny. Even back when it was the first on the air, you know, I was a teenager. Eh, it was okay. I didn't under, you know, I did. I wasn't a young adult, so I wasn't the target target demographic. I'll watch it now, and it's not a bad show. It's stupid, um, cheesy, safe humor mostly. Uh, How I Met Your Mother, I think, is is better. Um, it's still a love letter to friends, but it's better. Uh, but like, I couldn't pick a singular character from friends to really say, Oh yeah. Like that's basically me in my group of friends. I can't just say, Hey, I'm more of the Chandler. I mean, I can with Chandler. Like if I'm anybody from that, it's probably Chandler, but a little bit of Ross, uh, how I met your mother. I'm probably recovering from being mostly at Ted since now I don't, I don't care any longer about trying to find my, the true love in the big city or anything like that. But I think Ted would be the one that I would resonate a little more closely with. And the fact that his character is telling the story, which takes for fucking ever, uh, of how he met his mom, the, the kid's mom. Um, I can tell a long ass fucking story. This shit's sitting at like 44 minutes already. Um, but then movies, the same thing. I'll find, I'll try to find a character or a character acts in a way that I am known to act, uh, at least in my eyes. Um, I was like, oh yeah, I'll use that word relatable. And for the Clerks movies, Dante is not relatable to me at all. He's a bit whiny. Um, and by a bit whiny, especially in the first one, I'm not even supposed to be here today. Like that shit's obnoxious. Um, he's less whiny throughout the other ones, but the first one, that, that was his thing. I'm not even supposed to be here today. Randall, on the other end, he's the fast-talking smartass who will talk a ton of shit to anybody about anything. And while I'm capable of doing so, I try not to do so quite as blindly as Randall does. But I know if I had to pick somebody who is mm, like me uh, from those movies, it's definitely Randall. And then I look at my best friends, Chris and Jamie. Uh, I wouldn't call either of them the Dante per se, but if if that dynamic were to be such a thing, they're closer to Dante than they are to Randall for sure, hundred percent. Although we have all these same discussions, they're just not nearly. They're not as I don't know anybody who's as whiny or as bitchy as as the Dante character is. But you know, I relate to Randall. Um, and the arguments that they have, him and Dante, in the movies, ultimately, Randall's kind of an asshole. And I can totally be an asshole. And when people call me out on it, that's when I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm a fucking dick. And I need to calm down. And I appreciate that. Like, I'll feel bad for a while because I'm, I hurt somebody's feelings or what have you. And... uh the last relationship that I had, um, that was one of our earliest discussions. Like if, Hey, if we start dating because like I've had people ask me, Hey, are you on all the time? And I kind of am. And I don't necessarily mean to be, 
but you know, it's just, I don't know if it's like a, how I've dealt with things from my past, but yeah, you, you open that door and I'm going to burst through it like the fucking Kool-Aid man. But that was something that I, I told her, I was like, Hey, if I, if I say something thinking that I'm just going to get a cheap laugh out of you or out of somebody else, but it happens to be at your expense and it hurts your fucking feelings, please, please, please call me out on it. You know, if I, if I am an actual asshole, call me out on it. Uh, and then, you know, I'll do what I can to, to correct it. Like you let me know and I will make it a point to try not to do that again. Um, it, it is correctable behavior to me. So I, I, you know, I try to, I try to make people laugh and I will pick on the people I love. I pick on the people I care about. Everybody who knows me knows that I will, I will playfully as playfully as I possibly can. Cause I, you know, sometimes it's mean and, I try not to be mean spirited if I don't know if that makes sense, but, uh, you know, I'll, I'll joke around. You say or do something, you know, goofy, make a little bit of an embarrassment out of something. I'll probably point it out. And, you know, if I do it, if I go over the top or if, if I'm too much of an ass about it, just fucking say something to me. And, you know, if it's something where I know I'm going to cross a line, I'm usually pretty good about catching it before I ever say it. But that that's something that like with Randall, Randall's kind of an ass and just blindly says and does shit without thinking about things like Dante's feelings about certain things. And then he gets called out about it. And then they have this big blow up and tears are shed. But that's how Clerks 3 was. Um, but I liked it. So that's my diatribe about how I'm an idiot. Anyway, if I had to pick a favorite of the Clerks movies, it would be two. Um, two for me is just the a perfect, well, maybe not perfect, but a great combination and ratio of the normal humor, quote unquote normal, um, the Kevin Smith humor, which is usually the uh, grotesque, or not grotesque, but like adolescent dick and fart type of joke. Um, you know, that type of humor, just that, just that humor that, uh, people that are a bit older than I, uh, may not appreciate as much, at least openly. Um, but also the heart of that movie, just the, the friendship aspects, the friendship. Why do I keep saying that? The friendship aspect of it, uh, I think is just what makes it the best of the three. I love all three of them, but to me, Clerks 2, I think, is my favorite. Um, as far as all of the Kevin Smith movies, it's probably Clerks 2. I think I just said Clerks 3 is my favorite, but Clerks 2 is my favorite. Uh, of all of the Kevin Smith movies that he's made, um, whether he wrote them or just directed them or whatever, it's probably got to be that and uh, Zack and Mary make a porno. If you haven't seen Zack and Mary make a porno, you should, and you should do it with, you know, somebody you care about because <laughs> it's, uh, it's like a humorous softcore porn almost in, in the fact that there is a significant amount of nudity. Um, but there is humor and, uh, Seth Rogen's in it, which is awesome. 
but and it's you know back when he was just starting to get a lot of a lot of fame and notoriety so he wasn't huge yet but he was still very well known uh what's her face whose name just totally escapes me right now um elizabeth banks she's in it they're the leads and it's it's fucking great it's just a great movie but they're broke they live together they've known each other since high school and I think it's their 10-year reunion or something like that that they're getting ready to go back for. Um, but they end up uh, deciding that they needed money quickly, so they're going to make a porno movie. And not with each other originally, but that's how it all came to be. But they're going to actually make or try to make a, a porno movie, and they rope in their friends. So maybe it is something that Kevin Smith did or assisted with. Maybe he was a cameraman. I have no idea. But... Uh, uh, Zach and Mary make a porno, I think is one of those other very funny, but with a lot of heart movies that is, uh, it's relatable and not cause I've ever made a porno cause I haven't, but it's relatable in the fact that, you know, you have these long-term friendships with people and, uh, maybe you have feelings for them that you are afraid to say, cause that's kind of the dynamic between the two characters. Yeah, I don't know, but I did see Zach and Mary with uh, two female co-workers in the theaters, and the whole time I was like, should I say something while we're watching this? Because there wasn't anybody in the theater, really. It was just the three of us, and it was so initially awkward, but then when we left, I was like, well, it was great watching some porn with you guys in the theater, and then we left, But uh, and every time I watch it, I just remember that because it was, it was fun, and I love that movie. So anyway, Zach and Mary. But that's going to wrap up this episode. Uh, thanks for listening. I really, really, really hope that you uh, are having a wonderful holiday season. It is almost the new year. Almost 2024. I don't know if I'm ready for that. It feels like it feels like this year just fucking flew by. Uh, for better or worse. So, I love you all. Thanks for listening. And I will see you in the next one. Or maybe I won't see you. But you, you know what I mean. Anyway. Be good to yourselves, take care of each other, and check you later. Thank, thank you thank for you listening to Death, Death Metal, Metal Disco. Disco.